You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This episode number 343, we're discussing all the new trailers from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Transformers Rise of the Beast, and Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. And I'm Carlos. Man, were we treated this week? CCXP from down in Brazil delivered three huge trailers to us among all the other news, but we're going to spend this week focusing on those trailers because they all reside inside of the nerd space. We got the brand new Transformers movie that is coming next June, Rise of the Beast. The first look at this. This got a lot of people excited, a lot of nostalgia there. We've got Indiana Jones with a title now, The Dial of Destiny, which, sure, title's okay, but the movie, the trailer, looks absolutely phenomenal. And then, of course, we got probably the most anticipated trailer of the weekend in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. James Gunn here coming with some emotion and some great music inside of this trailer. I'm going to break all of those down in just a minute here, but Carlos, welcome, welcome, my friend, co-host of the Nerd Room here. How are you feeling? How are you doing on this snowy, cold Calgary night? I'm doing good, man. I'm, uh, yeah, as well as can be expected on a snowy, cold <laughs> uh, weeknight, but uh, it is what it is, and we got some like hot trailers to warm up the festivities, I guess. Yes, man, we definitely are bringing the heat tonight, and we're going to kick it off here with one that maybe it's a little closer to home for you, I think, maybe, and that's Transformers Rise of the Beast, new trailer dropping here. This movie comes out June 9th, I believe, 2023, so the start of June here, kicking off the summer. This is the sixth Transformers movie, is it, or fifth, sixth? Seventh. Seventh Transformer movie, I guess, including the Bumblebee here, and there's some continuity across there, some not, but introducing the Beast. Now, we got the Dinobots a couple films ago. Now we're getting Beast from Beast Wars or Beasties, depending on where you are from, introducing a lot of characters that really rung true and hit home for me. But I got to be honest with you, man, this trailer, just it just didn't do it. I don't know if it got lost in the sauce here with Indy 5 and Guardians, but I watched it and I just felt like, another transformers movie so how are you feeling about this one are you kind of just indifferent like i am or are you there was a lot of excitement about this more than i was anticipating to be honest with you online one shall stand and one (laughs) shall fall because i am on the exact opposite end of the spectrum for (laughs) from you on this trailer like this trailer did it for me in all sorts of ways like i've been really anticipating this movie and hyping it up with the boys like because I'm definitely rooted in that G1 Transformers and buddies are kind of more in that Beast Wars type of mode. But uh, lots of crossover, especially with that last season of the uh, War for Cybertron uh, series that Netflix has been doing where the characters have a bit of cross-pollinization for the first really meaningful time uh, since uh, these respective shows have come out. But yeah, like 
the Transformers movies under Michael Bay are what they are. And then they did like the soft quasi reboot with mm-hmm. Bumblebee where it's like, okay, this is a reboot, but at the same time, if you really love and are beholden to the Michael Bay movies, you can squint and make it a prequel to mm-hmm. those movies. Um, but I loved Bumblebee. I thought they did a lot of cool things with that. I thought they really started to get some good balance between the human and the Cybertronian characters and uh, really make something that everybody could enjoy. But for me, that opening of Bumblebee on Cybertron with like these freaking beautiful modernized versions of the G1 Transformers, like, oh, I, I love it. The only thing I didn't like about it is that it made me want to buy all the toys. It's like, because <laughs> they're like perfect because they are the true designs of the original characters, but yet with this modern flair to them and just a little bit more robust and like that Bumblebee Optimus Prime, just give it to me all day long. Like I friggin' love that character. So to see them kind of get a bit of a hit with, bumblebee and an endorsement of that's the right way to go and to have them just kind of press forward with uh, rise of the beast i think is awesome so um i was really digging the character design for bumblebee the optimus looks cool optimus primal looks badass he does, though. He does um and and maybe that's why they had to nerf uh, Optimus a bit because he was just too cool in Bumblebee. So they were like, "Well, we don't want him to overshadow the new guy on the block." Mm-hmm. So Optimus we'll, uh, Primal, that's good. Ron Perlman, I think, is doing his voice, which is cool. Yeah, and um, yeah, and he sounds cool with Peter Cullen as Optimus still, and yeah, and just like how they did things, like how they used Mirage and they had like his hologram powers going and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I think Anthony Ramos is a cool actor and I think he's a good fit for the franchise. And I'm curious to see what he does in this space. So yeah, man, like this, this was honestly out of the three that we're talking about today. This was the only trailer I watched multiple times. Like oh, I really? friggin' loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Like, I am, I am glad to hear that. Cause like, yeah. like you said, we're on opposite ends of the spectrum here and even goes for trailer watches. Like one of these trailers I've got about 20 watches into, you probably guess which one, but I, it just, it just felt like another, installments in the same sort of the same franchise with the same sort of tropes and it's just a different different mechanism that they turn into and all that and like albeit i haven't seen that bumblebee movie so maybe my my kind of legacy is inside of those bay films and i've just grown tired of that and when i watched this it just felt like okay they've just put out another transformers movie right it's like it's like another fast and the furious for me to be honest yeah. with you, like I haven't seen the last three Fast and Furious, I don't think, because I just kind of grew out of it and I didn't find any interest in it anymore. Maybe I'll watch it one day on Netflix, but that could be my problem with watching this trailer. Why I feel so indifferent is that I haven't kind of reestablished and, and put a, a new foundation underneath myself with regards to this this franchise. Yeah, no, and that's fair. Like I, um, I, like yeah the bayhem of it all like those transformers movies like i think it's arguable that they got progressively worse mm-hmm. as they went like the first one's I, I by loved, far the best one like yeah i love the first one and then like the second one was pretty bad and the third one like i i detested it when i first saw it but then uh when i revisited it the back half like the the back half of the movie was actually pretty cool mm-hmm. and then yeah that that last movie 
I actually went to like a media screening and everything. So it was like premiere experience for that with like the the kid getting a bunch of swag and all this kind of stuff. And I couldn't even tell if I've seen the last one, like the last Bay one. Yeah, you you could tell because you'd be like, that movie was terrible. <laughs> what's, the, so, what's the one where they, they end up in Chicago or something like that? That's the um, third one. That's the third yeah. one. Okay, that's the, yeah. is the last one with Shia LaBeouf. Was he in the third one? Yeah, that's the last yeah. one with him. So and then there was like the two. Oh, I saw Mark the Mark, Mark Wahlberg ones. one, I think. It's Which one's yeah. that one? Age of Extinction. So that's the one that ends in Hong Kong with the Dinobots. Okay, I have seen that one. So, okay. okay, I have seen it. So, yeah, it's I, I'm excited that, that everyone else is excited. And, like, I, I can't deny the fact that Optimus Primal and looking at the the beasts look really cool. Um, I'm kind of interested in how they – it just feels like this is a perpetual thing. Like, and this is dumb because, like, I'm really into, like, the MCU canon, which continually recons itself and adds new things in and adds new characters that weren't around during the Infinity Wars and all this. And uh, it's just, like, another – like, with the Transformers, it's just – is another beast that was there forever that we didn't know about and just emerges by happenstance or something like that, right? Like, where were all these guys when, like, Unicron or whomever showed up? And Yeah, well, like, I think it's pretty... I, I don't know. For me, like, those Bay movies don't exist anymore. And like, that's they, fair. Again, I, yeah, they break like, the canon in Bumblebee okay. pretty good. Um, but they still do some weird stuff, like... So Sam Witwicky is no longer part of the Transformers canon? <laughs> no, no, your boy Shia is, uh, he's written out. So it, it, like I said, they did it so that if they wanted mm-hmm. to, they could backpedal. Um, and uh, but that's, the, that's fair. Right. And I think they're going to do the same thing with the DCU. It's like, yeah. we're going to pluck what we want and leave it. And it's there. It exists. And if you really want to believe it, it, you know, you can, you can draw lines to it and all that, but mm-hmm. you know, these things have to evolve in some way. Right. And so I appreciate that aspect and it looks like the visuals of it look really cool. Like they've really, you know, it's looked good. I think always, but mm-hmm. you know, there's always this level of refinement that the new movies bring. Um, oh, but it's not, it's not even that it's like, they did away. Like I know it has their fans because I got attacked by some dude who <laughs> on Twitter for uh, my effusive praise of the new prime designs. But um, yeah, like the, those Bay movies have their fans, but like just the look and feel of these guys, it is those old cartoons brought to life. Like even a character like RC, like my daughter is a bigger Transformers fan than I am. And she was just like over the moon to see RC with like, um, like a her proper styling and all that kind of stuff. Whereas in the Michael Bay movies, you couldn't even tell what she was. Like she was almost indiscernible. She mm-hmm. was this weird, like snaky motorcycle thing with this, <laughs> yeah, weird insect face and stuff. Whereas here she, like RC, looks exactly like RC, and she looks super cool. So, yeah, man. Like I, uh, that's that's got me more excited for sure. Yeah. And I, I gotta I gotta watch Bumblebee now. Just to yeah. to prep for some of the stuff like June's June's become a very busy month, so this is likely a a streaming watch for me eventually, um, given what's coming in that month. But uh, yeah, and we can talk about that because yeah, I don't think Transformers is coming out in June. Like, there's no way they're gonna be that dumb. To so the week before Transformers comes out, uh, Edge of the Spider Verse comes out. Yes. Then Transformers, and then the Flash just moved up. So yeah. the Flash is the next week, and there's a Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. that the flash walked on the release date for so i suspect both 
Transformers and that Pixar movie will move. They ha- like they, That's absurd to think about that June, right? And then at the end of June, you've got Indy, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes. But yeah. you basically got what would be a three-week tent, three-week plus tent pull back to back to back to back. In like, there's a break, I think, between Flash and Indy now that yeah. Flash moved up. But uh, that's that's a wild month. And I think you're right in the assessment that there's no way all of those movies are sticking around. Like, it'd be silly. And like every month, to me, every month is a blockbuster month. Now, I don't think that there's truly a dead zone, except for maybe early January. Mm-hmm. But like February with Black Panther and like every single month has proven that it can have a blockbuster reside in and still do very, very well at the box office. Yeah, it needs to be something that people want to see. Yeah. Um, and, and like Transformers, like it, it's got the baggage of those preceding films, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> um, they're not going to be a lot of the general audience's first pick, I don't think. Um, I, I will say right now, like it's right up there in my top five, if not top three, most anticipated. Whoa, that's high. <laughs> oh man, like you have no idea how excited that trailer got me. Well, maybe you do after listening to me gush about <laughs> it for the last 10 minutes. But uh, yeah, like uh, April has a few spots available. And, and the other thing too, working in Transformers favor is that they were pretty far along already. Like it was supposed to be a 2022 release. And okay. in retrospect, they're probably kicking themselves for not putting it out mm-hmm. now. Yes. Like there was a window between Black Panther and Avatar to put that movie out, but uh, they didn't. And now they're kind of in a position where they're going to have to probably jockey. But yeah, like I, I don't think Spider-Verse is going to move and Spider-Verse is a super hot commodity. Flash is not going to move anywhere else and i don't think indiana jones is gonna move so uh, yeah and animation right now is kind of damaged goods like mm-hmm. you, you look at how it's performing in theaters so yeah that pixar movie and um transformers are the two that's gonna have to yeah. make some decisions i think mm-hmm. I, I agree with you and like the the concept of animation being damaged goods too is an interesting one we had some banter over twitter or the last couple of weeks about that, or the last couple of nights about that, just on where that is. And it's kind of a, a weird spot. And, you know, Ian and I, when we broke down um, some of the, the Bob Chapek news, the Bob Iger transition back in, and animation's always been a big focus of, of Iger's. But, you know, I wouldn't say the quality's dipped. A lot of those movies are actually probably greenlit under the tenure of, of Iger. But there's been this, like, massive shift away from seeing animation in theaters. And kind of the, the thesis of our our tweets is that families are just waiting for streaming now. There's enough content and that these animation ones are suffering the most in a in a streaming post-pandemic world rather than your Marvel movies, DC movies, Star Wars, or big tentpole films, right? Um, yeah. Like, animations, it's a tough game right now, unfortunately. Like Pixar, I think you said this in a tweet, when you look back, those, those films were performing between 700 and a billion dollars on average. Like Pixar was a minted box office animal like only standing maybe just shy of, of marvel when it comes to the expectations just a few short years ago yeah well you trained your audience to just wait for streaming right mm-hmm. so you've taken the value away and a big part of like f- families going to movies was historically to experience something new almost more so than the event to go into the movie because like yeah I've had small kids, you have small kids, and it's honestly more of a pain to take them to the movies. Yeah, and, and you don't get to enjoy it. <laughs> and expensive. So, uh, 
but it's all about seeing something new, right? So now in this streaming environment where you can watch whatever you want and you can find something new at a couple clicks of a button, um, why would you go, right? Mm-hmm. Why yeah, would you it, go? Like into it being a pain, right? Like it's it's right now in my life, it's not worth the effort. By the time we get our act together, it's a month past the release date. Let's just wait two more weeks and we'll get it on streamer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, no, totally. and we can do it in the basement, have our own popcorn here, have a time, and like the little one can can go off if she's no longer interested in it, and I don't have to chase her around a, a dark movie theater disturbing other people, other families, and it's just become like the anime. I don't. I don't honestly do not think I would go see an animation film in theaters unless my oldest was adamant about going and seeing it. Right? If there was like a DC superhero girls movie that she really wanted to see, like that would probably be like the threshold that we'd have to cross over like her ass like but she's never really asked she just there's just so much content coming out that they their eyeballs are are filled like there's there's not much more that they can consume at the pace that things are coming out yeah no and like you said the quality has been there it's just yes it's people aren't willing to pay for right or even like one like Encanto that has like a cult following Mm -hmm. and uh, you know years gone by it probably would have been the successor to Frozen, but it just never became that. It became something else. It's wildly successful. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's a huge, huge. My kids love it. Those songs are on all the time, and it's a great yeah. movie. It's a great movie, and they're but, arguably the pandemic kind of hurt Pixar a lot because they sent a lot of their films to Disney Plus, and I'd argue Soul is probably one of their best films that they've put out in the last five or six years. And then you look at a thing like Lightyear that I think was marketed horribly, but you know it did 150 million dollars when it's it's a prequel to several billion dollar films. Yeah. Or look no further than strange world last couple of weeks. Right. Yeah. Like I think it's made like less than $25 million. And Which it is was insane. A, an over $200 million movie with yeah. like a big voice cast as well. And like, so. I, I haven't seen strange worlds, but I, I would, I would argue the quality is on par with what it's been in the past. Like there's a little dip here and there, but, some this stuff is great that's coming out. My kids love it at least. Um, yeah, no, it's all been good, but it's just whether or not it's pay the freight to go watch it in the theater good or just enjoy it's it. It's not. It's not yeah, like the, it, the going to the theaters has become an inconvenience for families, I would say. Um yeah. because there's there's a better option. <laughs> you know? It's so anyways, little little side tangent there as we're talking through June here. As we get to the end of June, we've got the return of Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford, almost 80 or 80 plus by the time this movie comes out. And Indiana Jones 5, so building off the Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls. And June 30th, this drops, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. We got our first trailer here. And I got to say, man, it struck a nostalgic chord for me. I think a lot of it felt like the original trilogy. I think it it the fourth one whether you like it or not i think that it was successful in the first part of it and it veered into something a little different by the end this one feels like it's a bit more on par with that last crusade raiders of the lost ark style of production james mangold is the director here so spielberg stepping away from the director's chair on this one we've got harrison ford back he looks great. They've done some de-aging for some sequences, some flashback all the way to that World War II time, likely to bridge the gap between then and now, or I guess it's kind of this early 60s, or no, late 60s, 69, I think, with uh, 
space race it's kind of formed around and they're fighting nazis again so a familiar antagonist inside of that franchise i thought this looked great i i love the indie franchise it's one that i'll definitely make my way to the theaters for uh, i'm happy that harrison ford gets one more crack at the whip if i can use that uh, that term but carlos indie 5 dial of destiny i don't love the title if i'm being honest with you but uh what are your thoughts here yeah, uh, to be honest, it looked better than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. I was a little surprised, not surprised, at how much they leaned into the de-aging technology. Oh, yeah. And so it's like, oh, okay, well, this is how you get around it. And, and even some of those, like, older Harrison Ford doing his thing, there was, like, the... Yeah, the, on the horse. <laughs> yeah, the CG head kind of floating around and stuff. But I do not have the strong nostalgic ties to Indiana Jones, as many of our generation do like almost more so my generation than yours mm-hmm. but um yeah I, I didn't really grow up to it like i came to it a bit later and when uh, uh when i experienced the movies it was like this is a cool action adventure and low-key racist and then this is like <laughs> a super racist movie and how did they make sequels to this and then this is a super fun uh adventure with a cool sean connery uh <laughs> role and garbage and so yeah i (laughs) indie like i could i could take or leave it like this will this will be like if you and i don't go it'll be one that i just kind of catch when it hits disney plus Mm -hmm. finally but um yeah i i'll I'll be curious to see how this one does like kingdom of the crystal skull as horrible as it was like it did big box office and then you look at um top gun maverick and the nostalgia draw is huge Mm -hmm. So there is that, but, uh, you know, Indiana Jones hasn't been absent as long as Top Gun, and there is an inherent hokiness of the old man yes. being this world-traversing, whip-cracking adventurer. <laughs> so there is those aspects of it. But for me, honestly, my big draw for this one is Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yes. Uh, like, I really, really like her, and I think she's brilliant and her comedic timing is awesome and she's quite the writer and she had a very large hand in writing this movie so uh, that's that's my draw like quite frankly he could have not even been in the movie and i would have been interested because of phoebe waller bridger so um yeah indiana jones it's uh it's whatever it, yeah, it's it's interesting how we keep falling on opposite ends of the spectrum on these things because I wouldn't say that like I'm through the roof hype for this and indie like for me is like, I watched this as a, as a young child and you know that that idea of being an adventurer and you know this simple man that is you know a purely academic can go on these adventures and kind of it put everyone that oh yeah anyone can do this and I did feel that Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was it was almost like spielberg trying to do spielberg if that makes sense you know what i mean like it was like the man that was behind this trying to ape himself almost and it just felt a bit like they were trying to recreate that instead of making just an indie film and i'm hoping this one doesn't suffer from it i can see a little bit of that in this and the i think the return to that 1930s is going to serve the film well but it's probably only going to be a I would say five to 10 minute opening sequence at best. And then we're going to spend this time. I, if he gets on a spaceship 
and like is some way involved in the moon landing or whatever it's whatever they do in there i'm like if if you guys on a spaceship i'm just gonna be like oh my goodness this is not this is not where this needed to go yeah no i I don't think it'll be that i i just almost wonder like you look at last crusade and it was such a poetic ending for Mm. that character in that series like it was it was perfect right and it put it in the spot where it's like well will indiana jones live forever and what type of adventures will he have and um, they just left it for so long before Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came out. And that movie really, like, uh, like the fault of the movie aside, just the sheer fact that they did it and you have this old man Indiana Jones showing up all of a sudden again, it kind of took some of the magic away from mm-hmm. Last Crusade for me uh, with everything that happens surrounding the Holy Grail. So, yeah, like, like already not having the the really strong nostalgia connection to it like a lot of people do um yeah for when he's escaping nuclear bombs in a fridge and dumb stuff like that like right off the jump i was like uh this is you're you're kind of pulling it a bit too far type of thing so this one i'll be curious like i think it'll have a lot more de-aged harrison ford in it than than we think like i okay the 40s stuff will maybe be limited with him kind of in that mode that we saw him in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Temple of Doom. But um, I, I think you'll see like that middle-aged Harrison Ford that interesting that they show. Because I, I think that's what they were doing, right? Where he was the age to be between. Potentially. I don't like it. Maybe that's what they're doing. Because yeah, there's a bit of there's a few swipes in there. Like the first part where he's very young is to probably mm-hmm. introduce Mads Mikkelsen's like character, maybe I don't know, because he's playing a Nazi, um, and the main antagonist in this. And so there's they're trying to link up that piece of it. Um, something in between would be interesting. Yeah, but, I think a pile of it will play out that way. Because like, I don't know. I think Harrison Ford was very pointed in saying though that the whole movie isn't this, like that it's there's not there's some but not a lot of the de aging. It looks yeah, great well, though, like the the 1930s stuff. Yeah, so, no, it, it looked exactly like how he looked back in those movies from the 80s. But yeah, I'll be curious to see what happens. Like I think it will be a mantle passing, and uh, there'll be another character kind of wearing that hat by the end of the movie. Um, which would be cool if it's who I suspect it'll be. But um, yeah, I, I wonder if there's a space for an Indiana Jones because Indiana Jones, there is good alternatives to it, right? Like you have an Uncharted movie series with Tom Holland, who's wildly popular and kind of does the same mm-hmm. stuff. You, you and could then do Doctor Aphra. Oh too. yeah, it's <laughs> like effectively like a Star Wars version of the character to a degree. Yeah, right. or and two I, I, honestly, and, yeah. I honestly don't know if you need a mantle passing for Indiana Jones. Like, I don't know if this franchise has a six, seven, eight inside of it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like my my feeling on this is Harrison Ford has of any character he's really ever done. This is one he connects with most, mm-hmm. and maybe wasn't satisfied with how Crystal Skull went, and he wanted one more one more go at this character to to end and maybe put a a final stamp on the legacy for him. That's kind of what I get out of this. Like maybe there's a story to be told here, but it's like set 10 years after kingdom skull and or crystal skull. And 
yeah, I, I, I wonder. I wonder if there is a long-term plan for this franchise or if it's just like, let's finish it here and then pick it up in some fashion that is maybe loosely connected to this universe or or do you just go with like an afro or something like that at a lucasfilm and, and kind of do a hybrid of, of both star wars and indie yeah like i think the appeal is indiana jones right like i think that's mm-hmm. what they're trying to cash in on but yeah um yeah i i don't know i i don't know that they made this movie because they had some story that they really wanted to tell right I don't think they made the fourth one because they had a story they really wanted to tell. So it is what it is. Like I, I was kind of skeptical about their intention with making this one in the first place. And I think it played out a bit, but like I said, my, my investment is for the, the co-lead or the Mm co-star and co-writer. So the goddaughter um, of Indiana Jones, she is playing. Yeah, and James Mangold's a talented director as well, so I, I do have some faith in him and him doing something worthwhile with it as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, well, this is definitely a wait and see. Fully agree with you there. Like, I'm excited for it, but uh, I got I gotta see I gotta see a little bit more of this to uh, to get my hype level through the roof. But a franchise that has held my my heart inside of the mcu since 2014 even before that when you know i don't want to be one of those guys but you know i i got a nice little legacy with the guardians inside of the comic books prior to the films coming out and um, i've always loved the cosmic end of of marvel and what james gunn has been able to do with these characters uh, from guardians volume one volume two the holiday special which we'll touch on here and then now into this trailer in volume three it's it's really it means a lot to me personally that gun is finishing this out and this trailer invokes a lot of emotions and all that with uh, a very a very pointed focus on end to to this journey gun's been specific about that the trailer really leans into this concept but before we talk about the trailer carlos let's let's touch let's make one pit stop here it is the holiday season you know we're we're working our way towards towards christmas and there's always this tradition of, of watching Christmas films and experiencing holiday specials and all this. And the MCU and James Gunn did deliver one about a week ago with the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which serves as a bit of a prelude to Volume 3. It sets up a few things directly from, from James Gunn, you know, the concept of the Guardians buying nowhere, where they're at with regards to the characters and some of the interactions that we're seeing, the progression of Groot. Um, there's a lot built into this, but it's it's really a Mantis and Drax story, two characters that we haven't seen focused on a whole bunch really since Guardians 2. So it's been a while we've seen these characters inside of the Infinity War and, and Endgame, but we haven't got to spend a lot of time with them. So holiday special, man, I, I love this thing. I watch this with my family. Um, I love the, the introduction being a cartoon, a nod to what I believe would be the Star Wars holiday special in the Boba Fett segment. And... We got this like 45 minute just brilliant special presentation that was a absolute riot and and really played into the holiday season. I I friggin loved the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Yeah, no, I was pleasantly like I didn't know what to expect with this one, but I I was pleasantly surprised at how quote unquote Christmas it was. Mm-hmm. Like it was First and foremost, a Christmas presentation and Christmas special, and then a piece of the MCU and the continuation of the Guardian story second, which is 
awesome. Like that they did the old like Bashiki, I think, style animation mm-hmm. with the mocap and stuff for the beginning and end pieces and working Yondu back in there, which is gonna pull in the heartstrings a bit. But just other stuff like having these aliens on nowhere trying to figure out what Christmas was mm-hmm. and then breaking into <laughs> the the big Christmas uh, musical piece and, and things of that nature. And yeah, it was just, it was just wonderful. And it was, it was a lot of fun and it had a bit of edginess to it when Drax and Mantis on earth. Um, but it was also very sweet and sentimental and uh, yeah, it was, it blew me away how much I mm-hmm. adored this thing. So yeah, no, it was, it was excellent and very much a, worthwhile uh, addition to any christmas rotation and uh, yeah and that it stands alone a little bit is pretty cool and that it's actually part of uh, <laughs> the end of phase four and the beginning of phase five mm-hmm. was also kind of cool so yeah. yeah no i was i was here for it i i really liked it and i think uh they're teed up what's going to be a pretty special final chapter to the guardians of the galaxy. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that final chapter guardians of the galaxy volume three. We were gone for quite a while, but no matter what happens next, the galaxy still needs its guardians. Hello. We come in peace. Drax, seriously, dude? No, 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 no! Ow! <laughs> hey! Don't forget where we came from. We have been running our whole lives. I'm done running. We'll all fly away together. One last time. Into the forever. That beautiful sky. Kill a few people. Kill no people. Kill one guy, one stupid guy who no one loves. Now you're just making it sad. The trailer just dropped at CCXP. This is something that we were anticipating over the last couple of weeks. But i got to be honest with you, man. I was still pretty shocked that we got this trailer when we did and that it struck this quite a significant chord with me. I've probably logged about 20 watches on this trailer. <laughs> I I really, to be honest with you, I really like the composition of it, but the music. James Gunn has built this into all of his movies and all his TV shows, is that the music plays an important piece of this. And I had to look up what this song was is playing in the back. It's by Space Hogs. It's from the 90s. It's called In the Meantime. 
um, because it just plays so well with everything that was structured inside of this trailer. And like I said at the top, it was this very emotional trailer with this fixation on an end point, an end game, if you will, to the Guardians of the Galaxy. James Gunn had a recent interview with E.T. and he said like, this is the end for him, for sure. Mm-hmm. And that this is, you know, really going back to the beginning to finish off Rocket's story as well. And so there's a lot of, of very specific scenes that are leaning towards characters potentially dying. There's some, you know, moments there with Chris Pratt's Star-Lord that really looks like someone's lost and Mantis as well. And so it, it feels like an end chapter, but an end chapter that's going to be more of, you know, a firm goodbye to some of these characters at least. And, you know, the Guardians cast very similar to the likes of Avengers or the Justice League rotates in the comics. And I think we're going to see a continuation of the Guardians, but the team is definitely going to look different at the end of this film. And then mm-hmm. we've also inside of this trailer got the introduction of the likes of the High Evolutionary, Adam Warlock, and the team that is in comic accurate costumes as well, which was really cool that, that Gunn was able to finally slip that in. That's from their 2007, 2008 run. I believe they show up in these these blue and red kind of full suits. And it looked really cool. It was a nice nod for me. But, you know, Gun Gun's your guy right now carlos Mm -hmm. you know he's got one last delivery inside of the mcu is this going to be an appropriate end for the guardians do you think based off of this trailer oh yeah like i think way back when when he was first developing it before um all the drama happened Mm -hmm. with uh, him and disney like i think there was a version of this movie that was being crafted and to go on that journey and to have him come back and do it now, I think it's going to be just all the more special and all the more mm-hmm. poetic. And especially now that it is like a firm goodbye for him, it's not just uh, like a Chris Evans, like, you know what? I just want to do some other things for a yeah. bit. Like this one, it's like, well, I I can't come back and do something nope. if inspiration strikes because uh, I'm all in in another camp kind of thing. So uh, I do think that it'll be a, like he's a very gifted storyteller and I think that this will be a pretty special story. And because these characters and more so these actors are so close to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that not only will it be his send off of this group of characters and this story and this world that he's created, um, well, obviously with assistance from the rest of the MCU architects, but um, with this cast, like I don't think that any of them would have a, much interest in coming back to do it either um i don't know that everybody's gonna die but i don't think that chris pratt and dave batista are coming back without james gunn interesting i thought i knew i would say for sure dave batista he has made that very clear (laughs) yeah well he's gonna be bane anyways yeah he's definitely got a spot over he's definitely got a spot over at dc i would say for sure (laughs) like if he doesn't show up in the next couple of films i will be shocked this gun has the tendency, and you saw it in the holiday special. He's pulled over some actors from um, Suicide Squad, and you see it in here with the High Evolutionary. I'm not going to attempt to say the individual's name because um, yeah. I'm going to botch it. But he, you know, he's a character that we saw in Peacemaker, mm-hmm. um, and, and so he has a tendency to work with similar similar actors across different film universes. And so, yeah, Batista's for sure done. 
and heading over to, to DC. Pratt, I, w- I would be interested to see where Pratt lands on all this because, yes, he does have a connection and he was part of that that campaign that really put their weight behind and supported James Gunn in the light of the uh, the move that Disney made at one point to, to release him and say, you're not doing this anymore. Um, yeah. And they they threw all their weight behind him. So I, he would be, I would be interested to see if, what happens with him you know this he has always kind of been a bit of the you know i don't know if you want to call him the heart or the soul you know him or rocket but Mm -hmm. there's i would say that there's in this trailer at least i'd say there's less indications that he's going more that like the likes of drax and potentially rocket um but rocket's a cgi character my argument well yeah that's what i was gonna say so like if you take everything else away like there will be a bit of misdirect but Mm -hmm. like it, it makes no sense to kill off Groot or Rocket? Agreed. Because they are uh, cheap, right? And because they can they function in, they could, you could take the two of them and do their own thing. You could drop mm-hmm. Rocket into really any team. Like, he works yeah. anywhere inside of the MCU. Yeah. And Groot's the same. Like they, I, I fully agree with you there. But this trailer does really imply that this is maybe not Rocket's end, but it's definitely a Rocket story, I think. Oh yeah, I think he'll he'll play huge because it's going to be about like the the family, right? So yeah. any loss of the family, especially for for him because he was kind of he's historically been shown as the character that kind of pushes against that whole concept, mm-hmm. right? So for it to coalesce into a true family and then to have some loss with it will yeah. be yeah, that'll be something to see. Like I I just don't know that they'll want to keep paying Chris Pratt to mm-hmm. to be in the movies and stuff. And if they're transitioning out and if it's a nice natural spot to exit. And who knows? It could just mean that he goes and lives on a farm with Blue back on Earth. <laughs> like Quite possibly. Well, and like at, at one point in time when I think Gunn was a bit more invested in the MCU side of things, you know, he was at framed up to being kind of the architect of the cosmic side of of marvel and i Mm -hmm. think they're leaning away from that if i'm being honest leaning more into some of the magic the the dark stuff with like the likes of blade and and moon knight and these characters and you're not seeing as much of that cosmic end of things you know there's rumblings of a nova story special presentation nova story being told at some point with richard Ryder and uh alexander can't remember the kid's last name or samuel alexander but it, it, they're they're so far removed from some of that like quote unquote streamline MCU story that they could just exist off in nowhere and that's where they are until one day they decide for Secret Wars they want to pull everyone back in for one last ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but Adam Warlock being in this, you know, he's a character that that played a significant role in all in all the Infinity stories and he didn't pop up in inside of those with with Thanos, but. He he has been a part of the Guardians. He was a, a big part of that um, that initial run that introduced or reintroduced the Guardians as we we know them from films. Uh, Will Poulter, he's massive. He looks great in the in the blink and you'll miss it moment in there. I'm excited to see Warlock make his his appearance inside of the MCU here. Yeah, Warlock is cool. I actually have like a inordinate amount of Warlock comics. Mm. And like I just I was moving boxes around and I was like I have this whole Warlock and the Infinity Watch. Yeah, the Infinity Watch. I, I collected that run right after like uh, in and around I'd say 2015-16. I was really into all that stuff. No, this is like one from the 90s. No, no, I went back oh. and was collecting the 90s versions at like comic sales. Oh, okay. In that time frame. Too funny. Well, um, 
yeah, but despite that, I I don't uh, I don't know that I care that much about Warlock to be honest. He's kind of one of those like he's got a good run in like the more modern cosmic stuff. He's got he's made some cool appearances in that. And yeah, well, like, to to me, honestly, like the big appeal and Warlock actually plays into this too of this trailer is for whatever reason and like listeners hit me up on the tweet streets if uh if you think i'm on to something or out to lunch but it really reminded me of the guardians of the galaxy game that just came out recently mm-hmm. like it was a little darker and a little edgier but still also f- funny and had its uh, levity and mm-hmm. uh character moments but the the world that the guardians found themselves in and the circumstances and situations were were pretty harsh and could be kind of bleak at times and warlock actually comes to spoilers he factors into that game but it's over a year old so um it's been 1999 for a long time if you haven't played it yet <laughs> like, get on it but uh yeah it uh it kind of gave me that feel and i loved that game like it it's probably my favorite version of the guardians to be honest with mm. you between the comics, the movies and the, uh, and, and that like it, it kind of struck a perfect chord. It wouldn't exist without either of those other things. Cause it borrows a lot from, uh, both the movie version and the, the later books, I guess. But, um, yeah, it, this, this trailer had a lot of that vibe, which kind of tells me it'll be something, different but still special yeah so yeah no i'm i'm excited for it and interestingly enough like the guardians of the galaxy 3 poster actually has a james gunn film plastered on it i think he's like the first guy to get his name on the movie poster oh really yeah that's cool i man I, I'm, I'm excited for it like and then yeah high evolutionary looks like he's going to be the antagonist um it looks like maybe they're landing on one of the worlds that he's doing experiments on kind of in that that i don't know if it's like can't remember what it's called but it's like uh his world that he does experiments on that's very similar to earth but not oh um, wondergore it was a mountain wasn't it me was it a mountain i can't remember he looks great though um uh, but it's it's the i think the most overused term for explaining this is is emotional is what people were saying right um ah, like come on like you know characters are gonna die and it's the last one like yeah i, I can't say emotional. that <laughs> yeah i can't say that i was super worked up or emotional but i just love the trailer man and like yeah I think seeing these cool. characters come back and uh, and gun's always been great at, at composing trailers and and overlaying them with music that it kind of fits like you go back to all the guardians trailers right and there's mm-hmm. a really significant score in and behind it that kind of sets the tone and the tone is has been set and like you said it's different it's i think it's going to be a nice balance between volume one and volume two volume two being a bit more brighter a bit more lighthearted. volume one kind of being that foundational piece i think this is going to be that nice you know trilogy capper that's going to be find a balance between those films um still like you said bring the levity that it's expected inside of these guardians films and kind of that humor that or that unique humor that james gunn brings and the delivery from characters like like drax and even more mantis i'd love to see more mantis her in that holiday special i think was, was the standout to be honest and uh, i want to see more of this character they they kind of pulled together uh you know a more f- familial link between her and peter which was cool and the, man it's it's may 3rd may 5th may 5th i think it's uh for me it, it just can't come soon enough this is probably my most anticipated property for for 2023 um 
So it, it's it's right there. It's right there. I don't know even what else is coming out, but I know Guardians is coming out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's in my top five for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be good. It's, it's going to be hard for them to compete with Michael Keaton's Batman and Edge of the Spider-Verse for me. So That's yeah. true, because, yeah, you know, those are like, the, what a year already. You talk about those three films there that just dropped trailers. And then we've also, in that same space, like you said, we've got The Flash, we've got Edge of the Spider-Verse, there's Quantumania coming out, there's, I don't even know what else is coming out. There's, what, more DC films? Shazam, Aquaman, like, what a year. And there's another MCU movie in there somewhere, I would presume. I don't know what the hell it is, but it's something. I've got that new Blue Beetle poster. Blue Beetle, isn't Blue Beetle coming out in 23 as well? It is, but I, I suspect they'll push that one to 24 maybe but it looks great and like yeah that was a bit of a surprise um appearance at ccxp and like it's great having a a a latino character coming to the screen brought to you by uh, a cast and crew and director and writers from the community and so you have your biggest convention in latin america yeah, it was mm-hmm. a total surprise. Like they did a surprise panel. They had That's cool. the the cast there drop that poster, and the poster like the design looks awesome. His costume is insane. Like I can't believe that it's not CG, but I saw spy pics of it, so <laughs> it clearly wasn't CG. Yeah. and he looks in, he looks incredible. So yeah, I'm really excited for Blue Beetle, but I I think just just the logistics of how many movies are coming out next year granted mm-hmm. that one's in the in the fall kind of thing doing the thanksgiving corridor piece so maybe it'll stay there but yeah who knows they got yeah. i just looked it out got the marvels is also coming out oh that's 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 the third marvel movie yeah that's the third marvel movie but at least you get to see uh miss marvel again <laughs> yeah my girl kamala she's gonna be uh well and i i quite like photon too so um yeah, maybe they can re- re- redeem the mm-hmm. <laughs> the things, the horrors that that first movie wrought. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. We certainly will, guys. And you know, we spent we spent a good chunk of this talking about the the trailers and, and looking forward to twenty twenty three. But the next thing that we have to do, and that's coming next week, guys, is our retrospective look back at twenty twenty two. And so, you know, we got some special stuff coming. We're not going to reveal anything quite yet. But uh, we get a special episode next week where we're going to be looking back at the year that was 2022, our our first full year back in kind of a post-pandemic world, if I can use that term, where we had that normalcy returned, the consistency of film release. We had films that felt like they were two years ago in the Batman that actually came out in 2022. Like that feels like it was a lifetime ago almost um it's it's been quite a run this year and we're gonna break all of that down tv shows movies you know and just we're not gonna talk we're not gonna rank things we're gonna talk about our favorite things the things that brought us the most amount of joy the things that we love that was in the year of 2022 whether it was tv film collecting all that stuff so that that's what that's what we want to focus on is the things that that brought us are not the best of or whatever this is our favorite stuff and i'd really encourage you guys to, to do the same look at look at things that way is that it's not about fighting with someone about what's the best it's whatever brings you the most joy you know for me today it was guardians for carlos it was rise of the beast it's okay to have different opinions and like different things that's that's what this community is all about man yeah no exactly yeah if uh like like i always say if film is art you can't 
rank it. You wouldn't walk into the Louvre and be like, I think that this painting <laughs> is a nine. And so my number eight would have to be this painting because like, it's just, no, it's, it's art. It's subjective. It's in the eye of the beholder. And yeah, it's just, it's not meant to be, it's gaudy, quite frankly, to try and quantify it and um, put it into boxes and subject it to metrics that honestly should be reserved for sports teams and things of that nature. So. Yeah, like you there like you, you always say, there's no cup to win at the end of the box office season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You want to rank stuff, you can uh, follow uh, what FIFA's doing in Qatar, I guess. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, tune in next week for, for all that. We look forward to discussing our favorite things from, from this past year. And uh, and then looking forward in the in the coming weeks, we're probably going to take a, a week or two off in around the Christmas season as kind of the way that the episodes usually drop are going to coincide mostly with around Christmas and, and New Year's. And so just want to give everyone a break, ourselves included in there. And then we're going to be back with some fun stuff, some major crossovers into the year. We're going to continue like we have at the end of this year where we're popping up on different shows. We're having lots of people on this show bringing in a diverse set of opinions to the nerd room here so that we can get that broad spectrum of, uh, of thoughts and ideas and, and people really bringing their love and passion for, for nerd into the nerd room, into the space. We're going to continue full bore in 2023. We're going to hit that 350 episode mark here soon, Carlos. And, and we're just going to keep going, man. It's pretty wild. We're, I think creeping up on, I want to say seven years of podcasting. Um, Maybe yeah, it's just over just be just over seven years um, that we've been doing this for. So it's pretty wild. Yeah, well, I'm just on the back half of that. I'm like in the post Aquaman era. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm the Hamada era of the Nerd There you go. There you go. So guys, if you'd like to be a bigger part of the show, give us your opinions on these trailers. You can always email us at nerdroom at gmail.com. You find everything we do over the nerdroom.net. YouTube, we're rolling. I've got a video coming here, guys. It's framed around Marvel Legends. Um, getting back at some uh, some discussion around uh, around those figures, the MCU figures. And Ian's uploaded a couple of videos recently, which are just awesome. So make sure to head over there. Check that out. Give the channel a subscribe. And of course, Twitter. That's where you can find us just to talk about anything. We're always there. You can go chime into our conversation about animation or whatever's going on in the moment um you can find our handles at the end of the episode so with all that being said another three three trailers behind us and uh 2022 to look at before we're looking to, to 2023 gotta say it's time to end this one carlos so for the nerd room i'm tim and i am optimus prime <laughs> i love it all right guys it's been great and thank you so much for entering the nerd room this has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from The Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.